Magalas Kutros, thank you so much for accepting the invite to come on Warriors Odyssey. Nice to see you and thanks for having me here. Okay, no, I'm super excited about this one. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this one, we're doing this interview in late April. The recent uh, announcement the Greek government made was that they're going to start allowing people that are vaccinated uh, to potentially start traveling. I know there's a lot of COVID restrictions still, of course, in Greece as well. And uh, we talked about that a little bit, that it looks like, you know, sometime later on in the summer, they're going to really uh, make the effort to try to make um, travel in Greece uh, accessible again in the islands and then eventually back into the, into the mainland. So I, uh, I wanted to reach out. Probably, probably traveling in Greece will open after 10 of May, mm -hmm. especially to the islands for vaccinated, as you said for vaccinated people. Uh, the main plan is to, until the end of May, all mainland and Thailand to be open for uh, tourists to come and visit the country. Mm -hmm. I believe it will be a strange period. And uh, you know how it is with uh, Greek people who always like to welcome uh, foreign and tourists mm -hmm. in the land. But uh, I'm sure that people around the world will be really afraid to travel. Uh, mm -hmm. Happily for us, Greece is a very safe place and people will come easily to the islands, especially because we have the plans with and the program with the vaccination and uh, the most of the people are vaccinated now. But you know how it goes. It's mm -hmm. uh, this year is strange from every way you look at the gear, the gear is strange. Right. Yeah, it's, it's an unpredictable situation, uh, but, you know, we're making the best of it. And, um, you know, with, with that, you know, um, I, what are the, I've for a long time since I was a little kid, I've always been really interested in especially Greek history, like history in general. But I've always had a, a real fascination with Greek history. I mean, when I was like 19, 20, you could generally find me with a book in my hand that was either Plato, Aristotle, Greek history, something on Greek democracy. I was always unbelievably fascinated with Greek culture and, and seeing that, like, you might be one of the few. Uh, uh, initial places you might be able to go. I, I went to Greece back in uh, for the first time in 2017. Uh, I loved mm -hmm. it, but it was a short trip. And now we're seeing like, you know, things might start changing and uh, making it available. Mm -hmm. And so one of the other things that's always been interesting to me is like the story of pancreation, you know, the, the Greek martial art and how it was sort of an inspiration uh, to other martial arts that took place. Martial arts. Off in India and in Asia and, and uh, you know, got spread through. Uh, Look how it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, forgive me for interrupting, but just to make an exchange, a fast exchange. Uh, all of the most of the guys in the Western uh, countries grow up with the Trojan War, with the hero of Odyssey, Achilles, uh, Odyssey, then all Homer's uh, songs. Then we move to Hercules, the biggest hero of all times. and. Uh, we all grow, who is also the father of pancreation, as it is told. Mm -hmm. And uh, we all grow up, except the Greeks or guys, with this mythology. And this mythology was uh, the base of, of the next democracy in the years of Greek ancient story. And then, of course, in the Western story, who took all from Greece, the, as you also said before, uh, history, knowledge, uh, medicals, stuff, astrology, maths, everything. They, it used to say that uh, the ancient Greek create a lot of stuff that we still usually use in our days. One of the things that uh, was created here 
especially for war games, was pancreation. Pancreation came from Bamahon, which was the combat sport of the ancient Greeks to protect themselves in the fights. First with the fights between the cities, because as you probably know, in ancient Greece wasn't one nation, it was different kingdoms. Athens kingdom, Sparta kingdom, Macedonian kingdom, Thebas kingdom, and Corinth and everything. Each city, each big city was a small kingdom. Then from Athens on, we, we tend to democracy, and especially with Sparta, because many people don't know that. Sparta from the first days was a kingdom, but with two kings, and with a very democratic rules, very strictly, but it was one of the first things, the first steps to democracy. And then, of course, the golden age of uh, the golden century of uh, Pericles in Athens, who create Acropolis and everything and create the modern way for democracy. Uh, Pancration was uh, called the name that it was a sport created by Hercules, or other people say that it was called by Theseus. It was a sport that helped Theseus kill Minotavros in ancient Crete, in Minoa. You know the story, probably. Yes. You have the story. Yes. Well, I mean, so, well, I know the story, but the audience may not be as familiar with the story. So if you Yeah, it was the, the son of the king of Attica who traveled to Creta Island to liberate some people that Cretan took for hostages in, in Minoa's island. And you know the big animal Minotavros with, with the hand of a bull, big mm -hmm. guy, tremendous. And uh, Theseus used pancreation to capture and kill him and uh, to take back uh, the, the guys from Attica and the girls to Athens. Uh, pancreation was also named and used by the Greeks in the Persian Wars, especially in the Battle of... Uh, it's named in the, from Herodotus in the Battle of uh, Thermopylae with the 300 Spartans mm -hmm. and the 700 SPEs. And also it's named in almost all battles, uh, especially and also in Marathon, when the Athenians defended Athens from uh, first attack of uh, Darius with the Persian Empire first attack, and then again in Thermopylae, as I said. Pancration also then traveled the world with uh, Alexander the Great. It's uh, except that we used it in our defensive and offensive fights, and except that we have it as an official sport in the 33rd Olympic Games, almost 643 before Christ in ancient Olympia, which was first appeared as an official sport with rules and regulations. Uh, we see the sport traveling as a self-defense of the military troops, in uh, Asia with Alexander the Great. Uh, we all know that Alexander traveled through uh, Persia to India and had uh, many soldiers left there, many, and they organized many Greek uh, events, and they introduced the sport to the Persian Empire and to India Empire. Of course, those guys in the ancient Persian, the ancient Indians, had their own also sports, and they combined because pancreation was the first combined martial art. It was not wrestling, it was not boxing, it was not kicking. It used to combine all these things. And that's what made it very familiar to guys who want to learn self-defense or who want to fight. It was like the ancient uh, way of saying MMA. Oh. Understand? Yes. And uh, look how life brings it. 
We started with a, a, an MMA way. We started with pancreation. That's the, the roots of MMA. We divided in many martial arts in the in the in the way in the road to uh, to Asia. We find we find karate and judo in Japan. We find uh, wrestling in Persia and in Greece in Turkey in modern Turkey now. We find kalaripayat in India. We find kung fu in uh, uh, in China. And then all this was stuff divided by pancreation. If you if you see them from the time of the years, uh, and then each country put in in uh, took from pancreation what they prefer for them uh, because you know how is Japanese China guys Korean guys the the body is different, and through the years after the. After the division, then we made the unit again, and we came to kickboxing. After all those years of martial arts, of traditional arts, martial arts, as we can say, like karate or, or the other stuff or kung fu, we returned back to the beginning. We we went through kickboxing first, and then we put also some wrestling and some ground fighting, like BJJ and grappling, and we create what the thing that we first had, pancreas. You know, and what's kind of interesting about that is, you know, when you think about it, there's there's like there's like an element of that because when you think of Greece, you know, the founding of Western culture that stretched all the way to India, it was one of the few times that there was like sort of a continuous empire that stretched all the way from Europe into, you know, into parts Asia. of Asia, and it spread this thing, and then and then as that empire fell apart, things sort of went in their different dimensions and fragmented, and now today in the modern age during globalization, all the cultures are kind of coming back together. We're all communicating with each other. We're able to reach out to everybody. And with that information sharing, we end up taking and fitting it all back together and make making MMA, which is essentially, to me, it looks a lot like, pancreation looks a lot like MMA. And so- Look, look, yeah. what, what is MMA rules? If you take out the cage, if you take, because ancient Greeks were free, free guys. They don't, they don't put, they all have an open palestra. The guys didn't have rings, the guys didn't use cages or something like that because those are very brutal things. The guys, they see boxing, wrestling, and pancreation as a sport as it really is. They didn't fight for money. They didn't fight for other stuff. They, they, they love the sport. They enjoy the sport. So what we had in the past, it was poor spirit, poor spirit of sports, understand? So it was pancreation, it was mixing, it was a mixing of martial arts, it was a mixing of boxing and wrestling, it was a mixing of kicking. So in the modern day, what people enjoy, if you, of course, I respect all the sports because they all give something to people. And uh, but the reality is that if we, if in a modern stadium we put one karate fight or one taekwondo fight, a wrestling fight, and a kung fu fight, and an MMA fight, unfortunately for the other sports the people will turn on to the reality of MMA because it's very close to reality, very close to combat, and very close to self-defense in the same time. That's why at, at this moment, MMA is the third sport in views in television or in uh, YouTube or in uh, the chat rooms in everything. That's why, and what is really pan MMA without the cage? Pancreation. Hmm. Understand? Right. Right, right, yeah, no, I got it. So how did you, I mean, like, you know, obviously Greece is a, it's not a huge country, but there's still a lot of Greeks out there. However, you specifically have really gotten into pancreation. What, 
And you, you were telling me earlier that you were one of the first people that got involved in sort of the, the revival of pancreation. How did you, how did you get into it? Especially something that like was essentially not even really being done anymore. How did you get, how did you decide to get involved into that? Pan pancreation in Greek territory was lost in Byzantium empire officially. Uh, because Byzantium Empire was to, wanted to cut many things from ancient Greece, especially Pancration was named the spot of Zeus. But they need to change the name, so they made it Klotsata. It's a Greek name for, uh, for combined games. Let's say combined games. So in the past, it used to be stopped. In the modern years, uh, we, when the ancient Olympic Games was started back in 1897, uh, to see how strong the name of Pancration was and the name of Zeus. When they re rebirthed the games, they said that they accept all, all sports in Greece except Pancration. It's in the book of the reborn of the games and the Catholic church said we don't want Pancration in. Uh, modern year days, the first guy who talked for a combined game named Pancration and reborn the sport, it was in America, Jim, Master Jim Marvanitis. He is a close friend, become, became close friend of mine. He is a very good teacher and a very good rascal, as we said in the martial arts, in the Greek martial arts, and as a coach and as a person. He was the first back in the early 70s, late 60s, talking about mixed martial artists and gave the name of Pancration. It was a a rebirth, a rebirth. He didn't create something. He combined many things. He came, he came from kickboxing and had a good wrestling background. So because of his Greek culture, he understand that this combination was traveling to, was, was taking the road to Pancration. I was a karate champion. I was doing karate since my first days in the 80s. I was a national Greek champion. They say, because he was reading a lot of history, we were athletes, he was a historical, Lazarus Avidis said, guys, we have to do something to reborn pancreation. And uh, many people from the university, many athletes from different sports, Ecuador, kickboxing and uh, boxing, we moved to pancreation, we moved to pancreation and we created the first, the first federation, the first organized federation in Greece back in 1995. And uh, the organization who started the spread of the pancreation and against Tokpur pancreation was International Federation of Pancreation, established in Lamia, Greece in 1997. And the Hellenic Federation, of course, took approval from the Greek government and was officially as a sport in 1995. After the years, pancreation now is a recognized sport under United World Wrestling in UVV, Exfila. It's an official sport in the World Games under UVV. And uh, we try to promote the sport uh, through the years as an amateur MMA style to give a bigger opportunity to how it is with the ancient Greece background. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we will make in the next 10 years as a pre-Olympic games, pre-Olympic sport. We are in a very good road to, you know how it goes. You have to take the sport to Africa and to have many women all and to have it recognized. But it's a little strange at the moment because many things Many people don't understand the small difference between MMA and pancreation. Pancreation is the father of MMA. And it's the amateur way or the Olympic way to say MMA without the cage, probably. And uh, UVV and the committees that we work there in UVV uh, work very hard to this road. And uh, I'm sure that hopefully the next year will be the, 
second way of coming pancreation to the Olympics, to the modern Olympics this year. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So then um, w- w- with all that, I mean, a couple of things that we, you mentioned, mentioned earlier, we were talking a little bit about the, the history mm-hmm. of pancreation. Well, so first off, the word pancreation, is that, is, that the, is that what the ancient Greeks called it as well? Like you could find that in the writing? And then yeah, it means the, the translation of the word means with full power, pancratis was Zeus. Pancratis, the most strong guy was Zeus and of course Hercules. Pancration means with all powers. It means that you hit, you wrestle, you fight with all your powers. And the translation with is that your brain, with all the brain power, you control the body and you know to fight in all three positions. You can find stand up, you can wrestle, and you can fight in the ground. That was the meaning of, a, of the ancient pancration. Pancratio, as it was the Greek name, pancratio, the translation is pancration. It was first as I said before, uh, named and hit in the ancient Trojan War. It was the way that Odysseus took Achilles after Achilles was killed by Paris. You know the story. Uh, took Achilles' uh, sword and, uh, and uh, all his uh, stuff from Aeas. You see that we, fi- we first see pancreation almost 12,000 years before Christ when the first Trojan War will happen, uh, 1,200 years before Christ, when the Trojan War was uh, taking place. You know that we, we didn't have any combined sport so long ago written in a story and with, uh, and with events and with uh, fights and with uh, ceremonies and everything. So one of the things you kind of brought up a couple of times that I think is, is really interesting. So like, obviously I'm not Greek, so my understanding of the Trojan War, I, I know the, the, the highlights of it, um, yeah. but I also like, in my view, I was never taught that it, it was necessarily something that happened exactly as Homer described. It appears yeah. that there was a war, but, um, but the, the, you know, like in, you know, like talking to you as a Greek, you actually like seem to make that same relation that, cause I know there's a lot of documented things that happened during like, um, you know, like the uh, classical Greece, like 600 BC, yeah. that um, that a lot of the things that they would do was a lot of times inspired by something that either happened in the Trojan War or somewhere in the Iliad, Odyssey, mm-hmm. Odysseus, because to them that was real. They took it as a- absolutely serious history. And so it's sort of interesting hearing you talk, reference that period, like Trojan War era and, and sort of, you know, Hercules and then the like Athenian area, you know, like Peloponnesian War, and then over into the modern era, and how it seems to all just kind of tie together in terms of the development of pancreation. You see, in ancient Greece, they had uh, some very important games, like the Olympic Games. It was not only the Olympic. The Olympic Games was the, the top, and then we had three more ways, like Ismia, Nemia, and Cadmia. The In all those events, Greeks, were stopping the war between them, especially in the Olympic Games, and they were all going to the stadium. They they were sending to the Olympic Stadium, especially because we talk the Olympic Games more of all, because it's more known, well known. And they spread all the guys in, and their athletes in the Olympic Stadium in ancient Olympia to promote the sport and the, because they believe that it's better to fight in sport than to fight each other. And uh, also, you see that in the, it's very well known that in the last day 
of the Olympic Games, of the ancient Olympic Games, there was only one sport was held, pancreation, because was... everybody wanted to see pancreation. I probably, I believe that you probably know this. And uh, uh, after this, we see pancreation also in all Persian wars being used by the Greeks to defend from King Leonidas and his troops, from Themistocles and his troops, and uh, also from Miltiades and his troops in, in all battles. Also, you see, we use pancreation in many battles between the Greeks uh, themselves, as Spartans and Athenians, Athenians and Thebes. Also, we see pancreation from Alexander the Great, how he used it for his troops to prepare them for battles in Persian Empire. And after the years, after the years, we see that the Byzantium Empire, the Roman Empire, used pancreation techniques in the, for the gladiator time. Mm. And many gladiators were fighting also with themselves. And then you see the sport going, all the civilization of Greece and the Byzantium Empire went west, and uh, all the sport thing went in the east. And the uh, people do not understand that's the big difference because West Empire, West democratic countries, West empires at that time were more religious and less in sport because you see many night fighting, uh, many wars for religion and everything. In, in, on the other way, on this way, the people we had big empires, but they also didn't have uh, big cities. And the people were free to fight, to wrestle in the ground, to live outside uh, the, the towns, the so-called towns of that uh, ages. So it was easier for the sports to fulfill a day of someone who only works in the day and need to make something in the afternoon, than the Western countries who were li guys living in the cities and we had great situation or we had great problems in the city with illness, with uh, reading, with um, uh, different way of uh, the Christianism was split in Catholics, Protestants, Greek Orthodox and everything. So all the Western countries were pressed a lot and all the Eastern countries were more to the sports. It's a good way to understand why the sports went to the East and then come back to the West. And what is very important for us to understand is that when was the first time that the Western countries saw combined sports? In the Second World War, when the American, uh, tr American troops visited and fight Japanese soldiers who knew Judo, who knew Karate, and uh, who knew Jiu-Jitsu. And of course, you know that because of the mentality of the American guys, immediately they took something that is good and tried to put, make it on their own. That's how kickboxing came after uh, under boxing because of the Mai Tai. And because it's, it's not just so, the guys took it and take it to a show. They, they changed a lot. Mai Tai is religious for Thailand. You know how traditional was karate in Japan or judo in Japan before Jigoro Gano split it and make the sport and how they had the ground fighting on Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. And immediately the Americans, because of the mentality of the show and to make it easy for the people, translate the sports and make kickboxing. You know, you remember full contact karate with Bill Wallace and the superfoot and all that stuff. Then they put also in the wrestling, they make their, the American wrestling in the universities and the high schools. And then they mix, they fade the mix. In story, in history, we make big jumps from ages to countries. But if, because it's modern time, we have Facebook, internet, uh, and everything. But if we want to see how the centuries was passing through, 
that it's, it's very easy to understand how a combined sport like pancreation gave to the gave to rules to many other sports and many traditions and was dressed by many traditions and then was reborn by all of them again and that was i'm coming back and back to the same thing what was important for pancreation in ancient greece and what is now very similar to that in modern age like mma is how people are wanting to see the sport how how many people try to see a so-called violent but with rule you see how is the mentality of the sports and the ages but because of the age of the difference of the centuries it's also the difference of the sport in the modern days pancreation had the opportunity to be also learned by very important philosophers plato was pancratiastis aristoteles was pancratiastis because oh, they used to say yes yes they used to say in ancient greece a very important thing you can uh, i will say it in greece and then i will translate it was named like nusigis and somati yes he says that if you want to be healthy in your body you have if you want to be healthy in your brain you have to be healthy in your body the tra- the meaning was if you can train yourself and to have and to be healthy then you can think healthy that was the philosophy of ancient greece so they put themselves everybody if you are a philosopher or if you are a thinker or if you are a musician everybody in ancient greece was training not only pancreation many sports but the most of the guys was moving to pancreation right well so then like a lot of so like people we just named off aristotle plato socrates or how do you say it? socrates 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 socrates, Greek yeah, name socrates. socrates. All of them, when they were younger, when they were like, you know, like 1920, they all had to do uh, military training anyway, right? As part of their exactly. defense for Athens, right? So it was a yes. natural part of the culture that like, literally back then everyone had to learn pancreation because everyone was a citizen soldier. They didn't have a formal standing army. Every, like every mm-hmm. able-bodied man at some point was a soldier. Exactly. It was... Ancient Greece had the kingdom, uh, had different kingdoms, as I said in the beginning. It was one nation, same language, same uh, God, same uh, religion, but with different kingdom. Each uh, prefecture, may say, we can may say it, had big, one big city, and big, this big city was a, king, a small kingdom, and then a small democracy. And uh, everybody in each city had to protect and, uh, the city from their opponents other Greeks probably and then we then we find the Persian Empire and we fight with the Persian Empire but normally and uh, we had many civil wars especially with the biggest one the Peloponnesian War the Athenians against the Spartans and uh, we find in many times that the Greek Empire Greek, Greek cities in the Greek Empire fight each other so in the in the first day in the first days of a young guy they introduced him to martial arts because he had to protect himself. So because, before they give him a spear and a shield, they lend him to wrestle, to box, and of course to unite these things. So in their brain, the soldier, the Greek soldier, the, in the military way of life, had the pancreation as a background, if he lose his weapon, to be able to fight. And because of the Greek numbers, we are always a few, uh, they, they used a lot of pancreation to 
to make us more strong and in the mind and in the body. So, you know, like, again, just to, just to, to bring up that, I, you know, I'm an American, um, you know, so when we think of Greece and we think of warrior culture, the first one that always comes to mind are the Spartans who are lifelong soldiers, have some of the most unbelievably difficult training of any period ever in history. They were some of the toughest soldiers. Uh, but it almost sounds like what you're describing is that across the entire Greek peninsula, everyone was a heavily trained soldier. And it almost sounds let, like- Let me share a small secret. It will, it will make you smile a lot. You know how many ancient Greek Spartans we have winning Pancration? Spartans. None. Why is that? People don't know. Spartan warriors never fight in Pancration in the ancient Olympic Games. Can you understand why? Of course, they train Pancration a lot. Why is that? The, Spartan, the Spartans uh, were stronger than the other Greeks because since their very young age, they are teach and straight uh, learning of fighting as a team, not as an individual fighter. They have the, let's so-called legion, but not legion. The, 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 it's a, I use a Roman name because everybody can understand. Of course, all Spartan line can fight as one. A, a phalanx. Americans know the term phalanx. That's, yeah, that's- a, uh, Yeah, phalanx. Phalanx, so yeah, yeah, Spartan I'm familiar phalanx. with that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you see the, the film 300, the power of the Spartans was not that very, from kids they were trained, they were trained hard and they were very, very strong in the brain and in the body. But the bigger secret was that all of them made the same training with weapons, the same training without weapons, and they used to protect each other. If you see the film, the King Leonidas said to Ephialtes, it's a very important stuff on the film, so people can say, can you lift the shield with your left hand? And Ephialtes cannot lift. And say, you see my friend, the problem is that you cannot protect the soldier on your left. So let me take you back to Pancration. In ancient Greece, Every, every city was having a Pancration uh, school, a Pancration academy. It was called that the, you know, Rhode Island, who, the guys from Rhodes were like the Agoras and his son were very big, almost two meters. And they can wrestle and they can punch. So it was impossible for someone to fight a big guy who knew the, who knew the sport the same like you. So if I sent inside a Spartan warrior and he lose from a, a Rhode Island warrior or an Athenian, immediately my city will have problem. The warriors will be, will lose. So we have Spartan warriors in wrestling, Spartan warriors in boxing, Spartan, of course, one of the best Spartans in Spolidevskis and Castoras in boxing, Spartan warriors in running, but we have no Spartan warrior in Pancration because this way, the Spartans will making their myth bigger. And when the people ask, why you don't fight in pancreation? Why you don't come in fight in pancreation? Because they say we fight differently. We kick in the, we use, pancreation had rules, but uh, the pancreation is part of the official reason because we don't use rules in pancreation. We make pamachon, we hit uh, the groins, we hit the here in the neck, we, we take out eyes in the, the way of fighting. And that was the difference from pancreation from pamachon. Each city, all cities has, Pamachon, Pancration, but Sparta always use it in a, 
not as a sport, only as a martial art. Well, that's pretty... You see, it, it, it's a very strong background for Greeks, Pancreation in their, in their land, in their land. I mean, those, those seem like, I mean, obviously like kicking someone in the groin or like chopping them in the throat or going for eyes. Those are pretty extreme. Like if you're going to do that, you're really committed to that fight. And so it's like, but it's like even just short of that, a lot of the other techniques are still pretty brutal. So I can see how it seemed like across the entire ancient Greece, everyone had a very strong sense of being a warrior. It's just the, the Spartans just turned it up a little bit more and they're yeah. just the most they, intense out of that group. Yeah, they, 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 are, they had the opportunity because there were not so many as Athenians or Corinthians or the Macedonians, there were few. They, were, they decided in the early Spartan uh, days to work as groups. That's what saved Sparta. They, each fighter didn't fight. Of course, he knew how to fight individually, but the power of the city was the group fighting, the phalanx fighting. Phalanx was fighting like one. No one was moved in front. Even when they win, no one is moving back, even when they lose. So that unity gave them the opportunity to make that, that name, it make that myth. Right. Well, and then one of the things, because I, I think you alluded to it earlier, that Sparta originally was a relatively open society, like in the beginning. Athens. Uh, oh, Athens. Oh, okay. No, no. Athens was open. Sparta was uh, was not so open. Sparta was more strictly and more rules. But Sparta was the first city that had two kings and the territory with uh, how we say in the in America you have uh, the parliament and the uh, senators. So uh, Sparta had two kings. Senators and the parliament. So in the it was the modern it's the first way of having democracy in the ancient days. Oh, so it was a it was a bicameral. That's what we would say bicameral. It has two levels of essentially legislate. It has two legislative exactly. Powers. Yeah. Oh well, well I mean because Sparta because Sparta had a time like 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 into the furthest records, Sparta was an open-ish society, and that it wasn't until it had a, like a war with the, the helots, like the the, the Medes. Was that what they were the meetings? Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. like that big conflict, sort of what they, yes. did, they took over all the area around. All Peloponnesus. Yeah, they yes. took they had, they took over it as like a and I don't know who started the war, but they ended up taking it over. And in order to maintain their control over that area, they had to become this super crazy warrior culture. But that was what sort of uh, catalyzed that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. It, it, it's uh, according to the. To the way of life in the at that age, the warriors always train and they they had to take another village and another village to work for them so we can go on more having war. It um, the the ancient Greek story is coming from philosophy, fighting, and traveling. That was the the total idea of ancient Greece, with the ships or with uh, horses to travel in the modern world and to introduce philosophy to understand the people to make understand that you come as a friend and also to have a warrior close to be to make secure that they will respect you as a fighter also and as a philosopher many that was the philosophy of one the good thing with pancreation is that it the the name of the sport is so legit and is so strong that even when it was lost under the after the Byzantium empire 
the sport was so strong and the name was so strong that traveled through the ages and managed to come back again to give, to give the opportunity to the MMA to have a historical background, not to be something like lights, cages and uh, drinks and we, we put some of them and we see some people in the cage fighting each other or killing each other. Uh, Pancration come to give the historical background as Karate has uh, for exactly Kyokun Shikai, Masutatsu Oyama, he's the father of uh, Kyokun Shikai and the strong Karate. You know that what he said that we all came from Pancration. Oh, really? In, yes, it was, it's very specific and very clear when he made that in around 70s or 80s, I don't remember, in a book. And he said that, you know that, we all come from pancreation. It's very important to see that a guy is a legend, a legend in martial arts like Oyama, uh, talk for pancreation with so much respect, even for a sport which was disappeared for ages. And you know when the people say, okay, Karate has uh, the kata and the movement and, the, and how you come back with pancreation. It's easy because the name of pancreation brings everything up. It, the, the guys in the modern times and the guys in the ancient times, the warrior in the modern time, the warrior in the ancient time, make the same moves. You punch the same way, you kick the same way, you wrestle the same way. So when you split something, of course you can unite it again. Understand? That was this, that's what was the best thing with pancreation. They managed to cut the sport for religious reasons, but the sport was so strong that even when you destroy the sport, you cannot destroy the name, and the name brings the sport back in the modern time. That's pretty cool. Use that, that brand of that name to, to bring everything to back together and revive it in the modern world. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel your passion that you have for pancreation. And Thank you. Um, what I'm curious about is, um, you know, as somebody who was like, you know, when I, like I said, when I was young, I was a real, I was really, really a big nerd into learning about, um, you know, Greek history and especially that there's, you know, like that there's this weird idea of like, you know, in Greek of this warrior culture that just, it just comes out so prominent that they're just so, that it's just so important to, to the ancient Greeks about, you know, being strong warriors, demonstrating courage, like doing honor to the, uh, you know, the examples that were, that were, yeah, that were set in, um, you know, ancient mythology. And I was wondering if you mm -hmm. could talk a little bit about sort of that warrior spirit that the Greeks ha like had slash if they still have it. Yeah. Look, uh, ancient Greece was totally different than modern times, but let's talk for ancient Greeks to understand why it's happening. Uh, Ancient Greece was, as I said, uh, based on many cities, kingdoms. So uh, the guys have to, they know that the other kingdom will attack them one day or another, and they want to Im improve in everything. So the guys there, uh, from the day that they were born, they were checked to see if they're healthy, and if they're healthy, they fall the same way. First go and train, then go to the books and learn philosophy, maths and everything. Then go and sing because singing and uh, music also open your heart and your brain. And the almost all cities, almost all cities around the Greek territory was using this uh, way to introduce their kids to the grow-ups and to make the city stronger and stronger. Of course, every city 
had some difference, some small differences, like Sparta with Athens, like Corinthus with Thebes, and everyone. But the main idea, the main idea in the ancient times was that we are, we need to become warriors to, to, to protect our land, and we need to become warriors to introduce our philosophy to the others. We don't go only talking, we come like warriors, and then we introduce you to our philosophy, like what great Alexander did in uh, his effort. Of course, he took the opportunity to attack Persian Empire because earlier Persian Empire came and attacked Greek Empire. But the main idea was, in the end of the day, was the respect that a guy who has a good background in philosophy and in mass and in, uh, in sport has respect for his opponent, even in, as a warrior. And what we see in the ancient time was uh, the bigger enemy having respect as fighters have in sport. And they, of course, I fight with, with all my powers, but in my mind, I have the respect to, I have the knowledge to respect you and to give you what is necessary and important to show you my respect to you. And uh, we respect the guys who are truly warriors and good also in the uh, knowledge in, uh, in, in things. They, that was ancient Greece, that was ancient Greece. The modern days that we take many things, but the modern days are more relaxed. But we see in World War II that Winston Churchill said that uh, we will not say after uh, the Nazi empire attacked Greek, um, Greek uh, democracy, that uh, as all Europe did and protect, uh, we will not say, Winston Churchill said then that we will not say that Greeks fight like heroes, but heroes fight like Greeks. Because without many arms, without many weapons, we protect and win Mussolini, Italian Empire from uh, Albanian uh, forts. And then we had the same thing with uh, the Nazis. That story, but the good thing with the sport and the ancient Greece is that the strong sport like pancreation with a good uh, organizing and teaching philosophy, math and everything, give a strong body and a strong brain. And... Uh, uh, if we want to improve our future as guys and uh, as men and women, we need to teach our kids the same stuff, not only in Greece, not only in Greece. And I, I love a lot and I respect a lot the way in America and in Australia, because I travel a lot to the, uh, many times to those countries, they introduce their kids to school and to gymnastics. And uh, I don't speak for poor countries because it's easier for, poor, for a poor guy in a poor country to go to the sport because he, it's the way he, can, he will have to fulfill his day. A guy who cannot spend his time in a PlayStation or in a laptop has to go out and play football because he don't have the laptop. But that what, it's very important for me and I respect a lot when the, what I see in America and in USA and Australia is that in the afternoon, all the families take the kids out for sport and especially for martial arts. Because martial arts, after swimming or with combined with swimming, helps the brain and the body to become stronger. Mm. And uh, people don't know this, but that was the philosophy of ancient Greece. Mm. You know, I, actually, you, you said something that I, I, I guess I find it somewhat surprising. I probably shouldn't. But uh, you mentioned that, like, sort of the Greek ideal is to also be physically, you know, physically in great shape. Obviously, you know, we all know the Greeks. You know, as you mentioned, the Olympics, they were really into exercising, martial arts, all, all that stuff. So that, that makes sense. But um, I, I know that some of the great philosophers of all time can trace their, their, 
days back to, you know, their origins back to classical Greece. And, and a mm-hmm. lot of people know that, but I, I guess I, I, I was, I sort of was under the false impression that uh, Greek culture as a whole wasn't, su- wasn't super into philosophy, like at the, you know, the regular sort of, uh, nor- you know, normal person level. Uh, and I, I, maybe that's a, just a, a stereotype I have because of the way that Socrates was executed. <laughs> like, I was like, no. They, they tolerated philosophers up to a certain extent, but they killed Socrates. So maybe the normal people weren't. You know what what happened? With, what happened with Socrates is that the people, after the years when we lost the war, in the Peloponnesian War, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to find someone to blame. It's if you see modern history or ancient history, each country when they lose the war, someone has to be blamed. So. Who was the most important person who was in what was the what was the wanted democracy, the Athenian democracy to show with uh, killing Socrates or punish Socrates if you want? That we don't care who you are, if you disagree with the the most of the people, or if you have a different opportunity of how of how we have to move, you are out. Understand? That they wanted to maybe with a false way, maybe with a wrong way. But that's where the background, they wanted to show that, and especially after losing the war from Spartans and having new government and another government and changing and changing the rules again of the city, the people were confused. And they sometimes when someone, you know, it's happening also in the modern times, when someone is telling you the truth and the, in, he's telling you in a, cor- in a not, not correct time, you don't want to listen to the truth. You know that he's saying the truth. You know that He's trying to help you, but really, in the end of the day, you don't want to listen to the truth, and you want to listen to something else, something that will make your ears better or to make you happier. So what we have is this situation, like Socrates. He's a good philosopher. He was a good teacher of the people and the knowledge, but he came up and he was making, he was a fighter also. He fought for Athens in many fights. And we saw him fighting with Alcibiades in the loss of Athens in Macedonia and the, the win of Athens in Thiva. But we see a, a, a warrior philosopher also coming against his city for his ethos and for his ideas. And the city cannot forgive that because the city is over your ego as they believe. So, of course, after the years, they realized that they made mistakes. But the, at that time, it was important that even if you are a philosopher and a great man, that came up after the ages with Plato. Plato gave, made the opportunity for Socrates to be, Plato was a student of Socrates, um, of the Socrates to be recognized for his philosophy and for his teaching. And uh, also, you, we see also, you know Aristophanes, the comedian of Athens? Aristophanes had made many problems with Athens. A government after the world after the Peloponnesian War and so what he did he made the comedy he wanted to introduce something and he introduced it through the comedy because when you make people laugh you can pass more ideas understand mm. if you make people face the truth many times in uh, you know this by Freud we know this by Socrates and Plato if you make people realize that they are mistaken they give them the opportunity to understand their mistake but the, the guy who made them realize this is always a bad guy. How you know this probably. Right, right. Okay. So we cannot stand the truth. <laughs> so then I, I, you know what? I never, I never thought of the relationship between all those things happening 
of like, okay, the Greeks lost the Peloponnesian War, and they wanted to use Socrates, who was kind of a, an obnoxious guy in a lot of regards. He was, he was critical of democracy. Like he was, he didn't think democracy was a good idea. So I, I could see how like the, the people that were participating it took it as a direct challenge. It's like, what, you think we're not good enough? Well, you know, we're gonna make you drink this stuff and you're gonna die then. Look, Socrates was, was fan of democracy. Socrates was not fan of the way democracy was turned after the Peloponnesian War. Oh, okay. he, Socrates was never against democracy. Mm. Socrates' philosophy was uh, democracy has to be open and the poor guys have to have vote when they go, when they're useful for the country, for the city, not the country, for the city, understand? Uh, but it was not totally mistaken that they killed Socrates. Uh, they killed, they gave, they made him drink the poison. They gave him the opportunity to fly away, to go away. Of Athens, but I want to stay in Athens because I was born here. I fight for Athens, I will die in Athens. But uh, the city was trying to make a step back after a losing of a war. And people of that time with didn't have all their knowledge to understand who is telling the truth. So it was, you know, ancient times are very hard. It's not so easy to understand or to, after so many centuries, to understand why any action happened in the past. Right. Well, I mean, so I okay. So I didn't. I didn't know that Socrates had the option to just take ostracism and just leave Athens, yeah, yeah. and then he decided to decline that, and then to drink, uh, drink poison. Uh, yeah. So I, I bet. I mean, he was a, he was a very principled man. So in a way that like that was him doing uh, civil, you know, civil disobedience when you break a law because you think it's unjust, and you yeah. you follow the legal process to demonstrate all the problems with it. He was like, he took that one to the extreme by drinking poison. Um, yeah. But no, he took it all the way. He, he followed all his philosophy all the way. He even supported his ideas and philosophy because of, of this. That's why he's the champ. That was the result. That was, that's, that's why he's the champ. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, so, so then, um, so cool. So we talked about like pancreation is like a modern expression of, of ancient Greek warrior culture. I'm curious, are there other sort of ways that like other things that the Greek, the ancient Greeks did that they're that we're sort of reviving that are around now that sort of are, are similar expressions of, of like that warrior culture? Look, it, it, you know that the first, the first guy who means for astronomy was Greek, of course. And you know that maths came uh, from ancient Greece. What was happening in Greece was that the people had very open-minded and they were making a lot of research. The, it was not that we believe in 12 gods and we have some specific way of thinking. They, they believe in research and they, they believe that we have to check everything to see how scientifically we can uh, prove. You know that Hippocrates, and the son of Asclepius, was the first guy who was written that he was making open heart centuries and open brain centuries in ancient Greece, in the island of Kos and in the island of Rhodes. You know that we have Thales of Milesios creating the, forgive my English, the way that I can, he was saying that, give me something to put a stick and I can move a mountain. So, Ancient Greek times were a, a tremendous time for philosophy and reading and training. And they, then the people had free time to create. Understand, they didn't have the pressure of organizing cities and organize their life 
with the habits and with must and do of uh, different, um, how can say, it would not sound good, uh, of different religions. The people were more open and they love unity. That's why in after the after days of uh, Olympic Games, they allowed the, the Roman Empire members to participate in Olympic Games. In, uh, we had, of course, slavers in Greeks, in Greek uh, life, but uh, we didn't have the slaves we used to have in uh, early American history or the black and white. We had from like uh, servants. We, we win the city and we take the guys to work for us, understand? We don't care if they're black, brown, white, it, it depends, we win. It's, it's cruel, it's, it's bad, but we win, you lose, you work for us, so we can enjoy more our life. That was the first years of the story. And then slowly, 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 slowly with the years, the philosophy made them, uh, the servants become free again, winning by habit or after reading or after fighting or after serving the, uh, the new guys who won. Taking back all this uh, mess to pancreation, what was I, I was wanting and it's more important for me to say is that one sport like pancreation is so strong and gave so much the reality of ancient times, of ancient Greek and the, the, how was life in ancient Greek? Very strong, very tough, very combined between uh, philosophy and policy and everything and moved through the ages and through the centuries and came back in the modern days, uh, of course, and it's very important for me to say, and with the love that many countries gave to pancreation, because now we have 40 active members around the world, having uh, amateur pancreation as an organization recognized by the sport authorities. And uh, they try to take the spirit of the sport coming from us. Of course, the movies like 300 help a lot to understand, but imagine that we have this spirit even one of the strongest federations in uh, UVV is the Iranian Pancreation Federation. Our totally enemy in the past, because we have the political problem with the, the Persian Empire, at the modern time has one of the strongest organizations with fighters, strong fighters come to pancreation. And of course, um, USA Federation of Pancreation is very strong because they use many guys from amateur MMA. Uh, the guys from Russia Federation are very strong, from Australia, from uh, France. We, the spirit of the guys in modern MMA we, in an amateur way is the ancient Greek spirit. We fight strongly with each other and then we respect a lot each other and we have the time together. That's the ancient Greek spirit. Damn, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> hey, so... Um... Uh, bringing, bringing things around full circle. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, some of these restrictions that we're, we're dealing with with the, with the, with the stupid virus. Um, but before we, uh, before we wrap things up, I just wanted to say, like, do you, do you have any, um, uh, what, what are your big plans for the future in terms of, like, do you have any books that are coming out, any programs, any, any, anything like that? We, we are in the planning with UVV to organize the next uh, world's and the European uh, Pancreation Championship. We have some plans of introducing pancreation now to Africa, which is very important for us to make. We have something also in Morocco, and I work something with South Africa, and we, wait, we are waiting to, uh, to finish the situation there. 
there are some books on the run now of Lazarus Avilis and the moment pancreation in the modern days. I'm preparing also my book, uh, probably in the next two years it will be finished because it's more with uh, photos from uh, modern pancreation time and my travels to promote pancreation and uh, around the world. The name of the book will be Pancreation, a jump from the past to the future. And uh, it will show how a lost sport became again a very important uh, sport in the new modern days. I believe we will have many things uh, happening because we try to unite all uh, in the independent pancreation federations and to make one step to the Olympic Committee and introduce the sport again as a pre-Olympic sport for the first time. And Uveve is helping a lot in that way. And uh, also we have many independent voices for pancreation. They see it differently. The thing is that even in Eastern Asia, people accept a lot and they realize that pancreation is MMA and MMA comes from pancreation. So without the cage and without the lights, we speak for a sport who was lost thousands of years and came back strongly and wanted to take the position in the modern Olympic Games. It was the king of the, of the games. Now he wants to come back. We want to come back. And the people, you know, I have a passion for the sport. You see how I speak. It's because it's my nation sport. It's a, a modern way of taking our Greek philosophy out to the world because this way we show respect to all martial arts and all, all nations, and we only combine each other in the sport. And as we answered Greek saying, it's better to fight each other in a palestra than to fight each other and have losses of guys. Mm, yeah. Okay. No, that's awesome. All right. No. So, so like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, if, if, the, if you know, if, if Greece ends up opening up and, you know, there's not as many like domestic restrictions, I mean, I'd be super stoked to come out there and, and come train with you. I will be happy to have you here and train with me, train with my guys to see how pancreation is as a sport and to spend some time. So I live in a very historical place. I live in Lamia. It's two hours from Athens. It's exactly seven kilometers away from the Battle of Thermopolis. So if you manage to come over, I will take you for sure to see where is the, the place of the battle and to swim in the same plane that ancient Sparta swim before and after the battle. All right, Vigilis, man, thank you so much for coming on. It was a honor for me spending the time to you and spend talk for Pancreation, something that I love and give me the opportunity to speak for a very important thing for me.